Hello, I'm Steve Evans. Welcome to Talk of the Times, the Canberra Times conversational podcast. Next week, Parliament resumes and I'm joined by our federal reporting team, Harley Dennett and Sally White, to predict the future. They will know it. What are the big issues and how will they play out? Where does Barnaby Joyce fit in? Does Barnaby Joyce fit in? First of all, Sally, what can we expect? I hate making predictions, Steve. You know this, because then I get proven to be wrong. But what we do know is Parliament starts next week and in what seems to be a bit of a pattern of behaviour that was set last year, we're starting and the two major sides of politics, instead of, I guess, promising policies to the people, they're talking about themselves, about who's got what portfolio, internal struggles, that kind of thing. So it's not a particularly inspiring start to the year so far. I mentioned Barnaby. We can't avoid Barnaby. He's box office. He is. He has an amazing cut through with the electorate, particularly in the rural areas who feel that they are let down and ignored by the, by the major parties. But we also have to understand that the Greens and, and Labor have made significant inroads into those areas. So uh, he may not have that star appeal for much longer. Go on. We're seeing some up-and-comers in rural Australia and even inside the National Party we're seeing a new generation come forward. Now some of those people are leadership contenders and we'll have to wait and see whether or not they knock off Michael McCormack this year. And Labour Sally is navel-gazing too isn't it? Yes there has been a little bit of talk over the last week and a bit around the leadership of Anthony Albanese and whether or not he has what it takes to properly challenge Scott Morrison at the next election, which there is rumours could even happen this year. So there's a bit of talk around that. He has really failed to get cut through in his time as leader. That's not all his fault. In a year where we have had the pandemic, where the government has done well, the opposition federally faces the same issue that many oppositions do when they're up against a government that's done well against COVID. We're hearing a little bit more detail around the Labor reshuffle of their portfolios. Mark Butler is out of the climate change portfolio. That will then possibly allow them to pivot a little bit in their policies that they're putting forward in that space and those climate change policies Things around energy, things around fossil fuels has been a big internal sticking point. So that will be one that we'll see play out over over the next year. What's it mean for real people? My scepticism is, and it's Labour's problem, I can see, I can feel, I can sense eyes glazing over when you talk about the internal portfolios of the opposition. The Labour portfolio switch matters because it could mean that they change their policies and change their line, especially on climate change, which is an issue where Australia is going to face external pressure from countries like the US with the new Biden administration. And if our opposition is not putting pressure on our government to be more ambitious, as a country, we become a laggard and basically a bit of a pariah. And if Labour softens its line on climate change, a lot of people will think, well, what's the point of Labour? For some people, it would also make them less electable. Let me put that a better way than the the way I put it. 
if Labour has to trim to the right, because Scott Morrison is so, and the coalition is so strong, it dilutes the brand. Voters might say, why on earth shall I vote Labour? Why vote Labour when I could vote for the genuine article? It would mean that there are some people, especially in inner city electorates, who think this is the time that I am going to move my vote to the Greens because I value climate change and this party is not not reflecting my values in that area. Kevin Rudd won by moving to the right and making himself indistinguishable from John Howard. Yes, Labor lost some ground to the Greens on the left, but that's a calculation that Labor can make and Labor can decide they'd prefer to be in power and lose a seat or two and that looks like what they may be considering now. Sally talked about the external pressure. I think she meant Mr Biden. She didn't say Mr Biden, but that's what we mean. He's the new guy in town. He has called Mr Morrison. Of course he has. No, he hasn't. And that's a a rather astonishing thing at this point. We've had two phone calls from members of Joe Biden's cabinet to Australia, but we're quite down the pecking order. Uh, They've been calling Korea. They've been calling Mexico. They've been calling the UK and Japan. They've been talking about the issues of China and Russia and the threats that they pose to the global rules-based order. And for Australia to have not been called earlier is an indication that we're not seen as in the inner club anymore. We're not pulling our weight when it comes to the issues that this administration cares about. And climate change is a pretty big one on that list. Or is it just that they know we're on board we don't, we don't need to worry about Australia. We know about Australia. They're our friends. We know that. They're going to stick with us. Is that not, not the case? The US can see how we are struggling with China right now. It's not just the, 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 the tariffs and the restrictions that are on our goods. They can see how much pressure we are under in terms of our overall economy and how linked we are with China. As a member of the Five Eyes community... The US looks to Australia as being one of its key security apparatus. When we're in trouble, they notice. And the fact that they haven't stepped in, the fact that they've actually almost thrown us under a bus with China, is an indication that they expect us to move towards them, not the other way around. Harley, I somewhat disagree around why Australia hasn't been called by the US and it's to do with our really close relationship. Things like all the US soldiers we have in the Northern Territory. The US is kind of like the alpha dog in the schoolyard. They're basically, if we're going to take Mean Girls, they're Regina George, we're Katie Heron. They know that we're going to follow them no matter what. And so they don't need to call us that quickly because we'll take the call no matter when it comes. And if that call comes and says by the way, we've got some more Marines for Darwin, we'll say yes. So in that way, we're not necessarily a huge priority and maybe it's not a punishment, but that there are significantly more fractured relationships for the US that they do need to deal with, like Mexico, with all of the issues that they've had to repair after President Trump. That's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, if nobody notices us, brilliant. Yeah, there's definitely, it's definitely good not to be noticed. I think uh, over the last 12 months or so, we've uh, definitely been noticed by China, and that could be seen as not necessarily a positive thing. Finally, all this politics stuff, very interesting, but actually what people really want to know is COVID. When do we get back to something that seems like normal? Though Australia is amazingly, brilliantly normal 
already compared to everywhere else. If we think about normal in pre-COVID terms, the only real steps that Australia has to get back to that pre-normal is around borders, both interstate borders and international borders. I think when we see the vaccine roll out throughout the year, it looks better for interstate borders that we're going to see less of these snap closures based on a very low number of cases. I think we'll get better with interstate borders and a lot more confident around traveling interstate by the end of the year. When it comes to international borders, that type of normal, that type of travel is a longer way off. And that is pretty much solely to do with the vaccine and data around the vaccine. Currently, because the vaccine is so new, there is no clinical trial data to show that it stops people from transmitting the virus. You could get vaccinated and it protects you from getting sick, but you might still contract the virus and give it to someone else. When they can prove that vaccines stop you from transmitting it to someone else, that's when international borders will be able to be open a lot more than they are now. Harley Dennett and Sally White, thank you very much indeed. You've been listening to Talk of the Times, the Canberra Times conversational podcast. Listen again next week.